You are listening to Into the Comics Cave with your host, comic book heartthrob, Grant Stoy. Hello, humans, and thank you for tuning in uh, yet again. And guess what? We have another guest. And I'm excited to talk to this fella. Uh, he sent me some of his, his work uh, the other week, and I liked it a lot. Uh, and I really want to talk to him. So without further ado, we have the author of Decay Comics. We have Anthony Stokes. How's it going, man? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for thank you for having me. Oh, dude, it's uh, my pleasure. <laughs> and first and foremost, I want to know where did you grow up? I grew up in Manassas, Virginia, so like probably like oh, right thirty on. minutes outside of DC. Okay, what was that mm-hmm. like? It's a it's an interesting because it's like it's like a big city but it's also like small like it's not big compared to new york but it's like everybody knows everybody but like it's a pretty decently sized city so it's okay. like i was very happy to leave but uh, I, did, <laughs> I, I did learn a lot and um i've recently realized that the city is is full of a lot of dreamers and and um people with a lot of dreams and and aspirations due to some local podcast and 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 that, that was really nice to find out but it's not like it didn't have a lot of personality. Like I wish I had some big thing to take away from it, but I don't. All right on. And I gotta wonder, since you're so close to DC, like growing up, were your field trips just to DC every single time? I didn't like going on field trips. I was like, a, I was like a troublemaker. I used to, I used to like just sit, <laughs> stay back. But it was a, it was a very large, yeah, Smith Smithsonian. It, it was a bit of that, yeah. I can't like field trips. Every kid digs field trips for the most part, just because it breaks from the norm and stuff. Mm-hmm. But going to the same place almost every time, I can't imagine that must get repetitive as hell. It, it wasn't even enough for me to even think about it. Um, but we did, we did go to the Smithsonian for sure. All right on. What kind of stuff were you into as a kid? Just in terms of like books or movies or music or anything like that? Man, I was a big, I was a big consumer of media. As a child, I did not like my dad was big into sports and he also encouraged education. Um, absolutely. But that was what that was what my my dad was into. And um, as we as we started one, I want to I wanted to relate to him more. I started getting into movies. So movies was big, probably like. From my teens on, I used to love manga, like One Piece oh, Naruto right. was huge. I used to read book like uh, young adult books like uh, Harry Potter, um, series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to read a lot. I, I like it, it, I just I just consumed pretty much every. I say I consumed every media as a child except like plays, pretty pretty much. With One Piece and Naruto, those are just extensive volumes of stuff. Were you trying to keep up with all the different books, or just like picking them up when you see them? It was kind of like like I couldn't who could afford to to pay for all those books, right? Yes, yeah, seriously. And you read them so fast. You can read them in like 30 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. um I would either go to Barnes and Noble and hang out there, just read them, go through them, or I would go to the library. So it was kind of like I would just read whatever I can get my hands on, even stuff I didn't like, like bleach. I just was like, it's here, I'm gonna read it. <laughs> Pretty much it. Did you have, did you check out any of the anime? From the from the manga and stuff like that. A little bit. I mean, because like the Naruto anime, the animation was 
bad and the one piece animation was bad like it was certain things that yeah but like even as a kid i recognized like this is the inferior product mm-hmm. that takes way longer to consume like even i didn't like dragon ball z like it, I, I was just super cognitive of the fact that like the the trappings and the failings of the of, of the adapting the manga to anime like the pacing issues um namely some of the dubs i just i was like why why not you know like it, it was just too it was like, do I want like orange juice or I just want to pick the orange from the tree like right over here? I can read more of it <laughs> faster. I was grounded a lot, so I, I really I really wasn't supposed to be watching TV. So I, I mean, I think even I did something to my mom. I don't remember what, but she took my manga. Like I had a, a Foot Locker from Military Academy, and she mm-hmm. threw every like manga that she could find in the in the. Um, I had some stash though, you know. I got, I, I got away <laughs> and she and she took it. She took the Foot Locker, so it was, it, that that was also a thing. So yeah, I just the, the anime was never really my thing. It's still oh. not really my thing unless it's the best of the best, like Attack on Titan, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh, Avatar: Last Airbender, Death Note are definitely great, but the short list. Oh yeah, well with Brotherhood, it I personally I feel like that's one of the better page to, to screen transitions because it hit a lot of the, the the notes for like the backstory of all the, mm-hmm. the different uh oh, now i can't remember their names nine like him growing up and the little demon in the jar and stuff like that i think it's like more or less a, a direct adaption just like attack on titan just like uh what's the other one i mentioned that's just like death note you know it's like a yeah. faithful adaption that they kind of add things to make it more iconic but it's essentially the same story and i think that's why it works and these are also all things with definitive endings yeah. unlike one piece unlike you know naruto it took, took a while what did you have a was there any particular manga or even a book or a movie that stood out to you the most that you were like i'm gonna keep re <laughs> rereading this or re-watching this Ed i used to love naruto and um i i i i had an i had an appreciation for one piece and i i love naruto mm-hmm. and i also love R- rama one half which is a little obscure like, that yeah. was definitely that was definitely something that i loved um prince of tennis but the naruto was the main one and then even now i have like 20 naruto books uh and like one one piece book but now it kind of flipped where i love one piece like one piece is one of my favorite things and in naruto i have kind of like a like a begrudging respect for it but i'm not a, okay not a fan of. did you do western comics at all growing up very very little um very little so i i i would read i read like kick ass i read Watchmen, red yeah. scott pilgrim like the big stuff yes but like i still don't know what a pull list is i'm gonna be honest with you like there's certain <laughs> there's certain things like i'm just like i don't yeah I, it's just it, it's out of my i, I learned my, from the visual medium from manga but like i don't the the comp culture is still a little bit foreign to me okay and i i think it i think in a way that the, that it's a bit of a strength to not be be beholden to too many complex tropes yeah 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 in a way and also i feel like I, i'm a big com- movie fan movies are my my favorite medium um i can look at a comp movie and not be i i feel blinded not i talk to my friend a lot about um like if we talk about spider-man or batman or what what have you like one of the bigger legacy characters you you might say it's like oh well this this adaption did what batman did batman right i'm like bro there's so many 
Batmans. There's so many Spider-Mans. There's so many Supermans. It's like, it's just, you're not going to nail it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, it's very rare. It, it, and I was like, yeah, I mean, and, and I read, I did read Spider-Man. I, I feel like everybody, read, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody reads Spider-Man or Batman. Oh, yeah. like, what's, what he means to me, even as somebody who's not a huge comic fan, is something different from you. And I feel like I have enough of an outside perspective now that these things are such, these things are here and they're probably not going away for a while that I can be like, all right. Um, you say the Batman is better than the Dark Knight because the hand-to-hand combat and the pacing is kind of a mess. The 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 movie's thirty minutes long. You think it's better because of that? No, I I respectfully disagree. Right? Yeah, it's just boiling down to subjective <laughs> takes on the stuff and like nitpicking what you like. It it doesn't feel like there can be uh this is the best one like with a bullet. That just it's I think narrow. there can be a best movie, but yeah, I don't think there's one that says this is the Batman, this is the right. Spider-Man. No, I, I I would agree with you there to the point where I, it's like, I, I get exhausted. Like I get deflated when somebody says it like, well, this is really nailed the character of Spider-Man, the other one. And then we dump on other good movies. Yeah. <laughs> just because it's like, it did one thing. Okay. Yeah. The, the Nolan movies didn't have, and I'm not even a huge fan of the Nolan movies. My friends make fun of me for saying I hate Nolan movies all the time, but like, Hand-to-hand combat does not solo, you know, <laughs> this trilogy that's pretty decent at worst, you know, no matter how you feel about it, you know? Right. And as you're growing up and you're getting into manga and, and movies and stuff, mm-hmm. when did you feel that artistic pull yourself? Did Were you writing or, or drawing or painting or anything like that when you were a kid? So I I I always wanted to make, like, I was, I was always creative, so my friends we would um we would like you know you play with toys and stuff and what's interesting is i had two different friends and we would like make serialized adventures with our toys oh dude yeah so it was like i kind of like i was writing fanfic essentially without knowing what it was mm-hmm. since i was like six seven eight you know um and i i asked for a, a, a camera when i was when i was probably like eight or nine um maybe even seven um reality is that um cameras the, the the cameras aren't cameras aren't great now as far as trying to make a movie but even back then like there was no way i i was so <laughs> above my head and so i always like had aspirations of it and then there would be points in my life where i would see something that kind of was like the shot in the arm so um i I watched glorious bastards and, and super bad relatively close to each other and i was like this is what i want i want to write like I, I sat down and I tried, I stared at a blank page for days trying to write like Quentin, Quentin Tarantino dialogue, oh, Judd Apatow dialogue. I also think that what, what was good was that there was just two completely, two different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, So I, I was obsessed with um, like, like, yeah, like raunchy comedies that are like, or, that, or, or dialogue that was like naturalistic. Mm-hmm. And also dialogue that was very like a lot of pontification, a lot of like the talky talks, I like to call it, you know. Yeah. And and so that was that was when I really started taking it seriously. I, I really started trying to write. And that's when I wanted to be a writer slash filmmaker in at freshman in high school. And then when I graduated high school, I wanted to make it I wanted to maybe be a filmmaker. Um, I got a camera, didn't make anything because it's it's hard. Yep. And then yeah, essentially. I believe I saw Atlanta and that got the writing bug started again. Cause I had taken a break. Cause uh, like shit was getting crazy. 
uh, my personal life. And then um, ever since 2018, I've been taking it very seriously. Um, very seriously. I, I would call myself obsessive over like storytelling and dialogue and plotting and pacing and all this other stuff. Yeah. So were you working mostly on film scripts or were you doing any pro stuff? Mostly film scripts. Okay. And, and I shifted to compost. So I was like, you know what? Compost are going to be easier. I don't know. I, I must have heard about Kickstarter somehow back in 2019 of August, I think is when I started, maybe July, something like that. Um, or, or I think I just thought even before that, like I just knew like, okay, a compost is going to be easier than making a movie. Like, I knew that. And so it shifted. I, really, I, I, I like I, I like writing both. Mm-hmm. Um, are you familiar with Mr. Beast? Uh, I, I know him, but because of the burgers that my daughter talked me into getting. One okay. Time. <laughs> well, essentially, Mr. Beast has his main channel where which which the the it's like crazy. It's like if you if like say you gave your daughter two million dollars, you know, <laughs> to make a video. That's the premise of basically Mr. Beast. Like, okay, whoever leaves this hot tub full of pudding last gets fifty thousand dollars. Um, and he does a lot of philanthropy, and, and and that's basically the premise of his videos. But he his main channels the the videos are so expensive that he loses money. So. He has to do other things like he'll do gaming, which is cheaper. That's all digital. He'll and he'll he has a philanthropy channel. Um, actually, he's a I think he's the first YouTuber like major to dub his videos in like Spanish and other languages. Really? And yes. And so all that he needs those revenue. Sorry, revenue streams to pay for his main passion, which is those these crazy videos that he's doing. So that's kind of like what making comic books is for me. It's like okay, I got I got to make comic books, even though I love I love the process. Um, I got to do that so I can hopefully make a movie one day. You know, that's, that's how I approach it. And, and again, not, I do, I do love making comic books, but it's not, it doesn't scratch that same itch as like what I will imagine having like actors that I love saying dialogue that I wrote, you know? Right. And I like that you've harkened back to dialogue twice because in both, both accounts and comics and in film. It's so important to have organic dialogue that doesn't sound like you planned it out. And it, it I just don't like. Are you organic. sure? <laughs> because, because I have read a lot of comic books that I, what was I reading? And I, I do, I, I, I name drop. I'll let you know right now. I like to get spicy. Who wrote um, something killing the trick children? And then it was uh, the nice house on the lake. Oh, James Tinian. Yes. I I was like people are like oh like nice house and like it's so great and I I opened it up and it's like one it's just so much text oh. I was like damn is there some <laughs> I I saw somebody critique like a, a combo page that was like a two pager and the whole left side was dialogue and the second half was like dialogue and it was like oh you you got some uh comic in your novel here <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great like Brian Michael Bendis comic half the book is just people talking yeah ill and it was so much text and the dialogue was like very like. It was very like to me like exp- exp- expository. I'm not I'm not the best talker. And I was like, damn, like no doubt that this is a great comic book, but because the dialogue to me wasn't the focus more about the plot and the the style and stuff, I just I can't read it. Like so I think I would think from what I have read personally and again, I, I read a lot of indie comics, but you know, I'm not the who has time. Like and when you're making your own comic, you really barely have time anyway. 
the con the, the dialogue and even the lettering i would say seems to be like the stepchild of the process oh yeah from what i'm seeing so i think it's interesting that you say like oh the dialogue is important for making combo so i'm like i don't i don't think i don't think it's the same emphasis especially talking about movies where their entire movies are just dialogue yeah i think in terms of dialogue and lettering if it's real good it won't distract you but if yeah. it's bad it can ruin the entire experience exactly exactly i read like i read this comic book that was gorgeous and the the, the lettering was like whew. i was like man i see what y'all are talking about and then, yeah, like I, the dialogue is bad. I can't read it. Like, I, I'll be like, man, I will happily pay for your comic book. I'll put it on the drive so I can read it later, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I can't, I can't, I cannot <laughs> read bad dialogue, you know? And um, like I said, hopefully, I think coming from, like I said, a screenwriting background, I'm hoping that's something I can bring as, as, to the table that can kind of make up. Like, my, my panel layout isn't great. Like, I would even say it's just okay. Um, when and then you read something and it's just like damn like it's so creative you know it's got the full page and it's got the panels like broken up in a certain way it's really cool i was like yeah i need to get better at that for sure you know hopefully having good dialogue will make up for those kind of deficiencies yeah well it's all repetition you know mm -hmm. and that, that what was your first comic project decay really yeah that was my first thing i've ever published huh i would not have guessed that yeah, I've been writing for a long time. I, mean, I told you I've been writing for like probably like 15, 20 years, you know. Well, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it would took a lot of uh, I have a lot of self-awareness as well. So the thing that everybody told me, it was two things that really stuck out to me is they said start small, which um, I, I think is I think is I think you some advice you can break, but you need to be aware of the advice. So I wouldn't necessarily tell a lot of creators to smart, start small, but I do that. You do need to be aware that. Um, when, when you're when you're making these stories, you've already came up with the lore, you've already come up with the characters, you're already in love with the story, but we have to fall in love with the story. Mm -hmm. And that's what starting small does, essentially. And that was some was a point of emphasis. I was like, I wanted to hook people from the first page. And I wanted to get people that don't necessarily love comic books because I don't necessarily love comic books, you know, like I, I need people that don't, you know, that that can pick it up and just like it. if They like good storytelling. And my other friend, he said, look, and it was a different project. It wasn't the K, but it was a different script. And he was like, you you got too much dialogue. You, you need to whittle this down. And I said, OK, let me take that and go back to the K, especially when I was laying out the panels and everything in the script. I was like, yeah cut this dialogue out, cut this dialogue out. Cause I probably cut out like 20% of the dialogue, maybe 30%. I was like, if they don't need to say, it, if it doesn't need, need to be said, then I'm not going to have to say it. So that allowed me to make the process easier. It allowed the show more, show more of the art in it allowed it help the lettering as well. So it would, it just helped it. I, my, a, a phrase I have is doing the right thing is the right thing. It's like, it just helps all aspects of the comic making to have less dialogue. If you, if you don't need it. Yeah, I'll buy that. And what are what, what was the first film project that you've done? Nothing. Yeah, no, this the first thing. <laughs> the okay. is the first <laughs> thing I've 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 written like scripts, and I will I, people will tell you they're good scripts. Like I I will die on that hill. Like I've written good scripts, 
my friend told me I failed as a screenwriter, like trying to, I don't know what the point where they're trying to make. And I was like, no, I didn't fail. Like I wrote good scripts. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> filling as a filmmaker. Sure. Absolutely. But I was like, but this decay is the first thing. And that's part of the reason I think it, it, it turned out so good. It's like, I'm like, I'm like foaming at the mouth to get something to somebody else, you know, like, I'm just like, yeah. I'm like a rabid dog. I'm like, I was like, I, I, I took it seriously. You know, like I, every, line of dialogue was super important to me you know i really combed combed it over so um it, it, it was it was such a relief to get it done and get that feedback and i was like wow like um to, it, it's one thing to have your friends like it but and, and i i have gotten pushback from people i would consider like real into comic books like some people like are like oh the panel the panel is basic it, that, that's true um, and then like the art isn't the art is I think the art is good personally, but people have told me the art isn't good. And I'm like, okay, but it, like what I'm That's now is that like well, yes, it is <laughs> like, I, I like the art hundred <laughs> percent. And it, uh, it is it is subjective. Um, but the reality and, and the thing is that something I have to kind of realize is that one, you're one, not everybody's gonna like your thing, which which I was already I was already ready for. People are going to speak about subjective things objectively, which isn't a big deal, really. I, I've gotten better at kind of like kind of taking the things on the chin and being like, all right, you think my art sucks? Bet. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um there's there's somebody that um <laughs> I don't want to get too spicy. There, there are people that the big figures in the comp that I sent it to, and then they I felt like they said things that were like again speaking speaking objectively about something that's subjective um and i said okay cool um when i when this blows up you're you're like the log on the fire what your comment said so i've learned to take these things that i don't necessarily deem constructive criticism and i, I try to use them constructively you know to to, to and, and it's all good everybody everybody I, i've also realized like i take the the words personally but i don't take it like the person i don't I don't blame them for that. Right. That makes okay. sense. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I hate the, I hate the sentiment, not the, not the person. That's something else that also got better at because yeah. you could say something that really made me mad. That could really piss me off. And I'm like, okay, but you mean well, so it's all good. You know, it's all love essentially. Yeah. And when you're writing, do you listen to, to any music or are you sitting in silence like a stone cold psychopath? um so i'm doing i'm doing all kinds of different stuff bro like I, i've been writing for so long like i keep saying like so it, it there's no one way like and i talk about all the time is that um i'm sick of this writing advice that's so flowery and like oh you know make sure you know you wave you, you get up at 9 a.m or even even saying you need to have a routine to write i just disagree with because i've written under multiple circumstances i've written on the tr on a truck going to work i've written um I, I i've written to uh i used to watch food network i used to watch chopped oh and yeah chopped was great because it's fast paced this doesn't have a plot so you can kind of half pay attention but yeah you, and it also it has like a a, a a a clock that's running so it's like yeah i'm, I'm like racing and I'm, I'm i'm in a creative space so i did that um i, I do a lot of my writing when i when i go to sleep um i'm running through i call it like watching film like i run the story through my head as i'm going to sleep and when you're in that kind of half awake half asleep zone 
your mind kind of just floats like your mind kind of just like you come with new ideas because you're right. like not all the way conscious so i can i can write a, a story in any situation you know and i think that does come from like i said doing it for a while but we need more practical writing advice like i, I one thing i do is um if i'm writing a story i'm coming up with 100 facts about the universe or the you know before i start that's something that like before you start writing, do that and it'll fill out so much of the universe and give you so many ideas. Like that's what stuff we need to be talking about. Like not this stuff that's like we need to demystify writing. You know, we need to make it like a job again. Basically, and, and there's different ways. But I think the, the I've noticed a lot of I'm not trying to go on a tangent here. I notice a lot of <laughs> like um, I, I don't want to say imposter syndrome, but like people like that are like it's like this self-effacing kind of thing like. Mm -hmm. Oh, didn't get any pages done today. And it's like, I wonder if that's because so much of the writing advice out there is like, is about the idea of writing rather than like literally sitting down and, and putting words to paper. Mm -hmm. and, and and I wonder if that's, I, I think I avoid those trappings. And I think that's why I, 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 I can do anything while I write, you know, um, to answer your question and it, truthfully, um, I listen to music while I'm thinking about the idea in my oh, car or yeah. something like that. In that case, yes. Um, it's a lot of like atmospheric, like grimy. Like I listen to uh, uh, like Kendrick Lamar. Oh, Good yeah, Kid yeah. Mad City is, is incredible. It's an incredible album. A lot of like trap, a lot of future, like just grimy stuff. Like just, ugh, you know, just like eyes, <laughs> you know, push teeth. Just something that's like, Ugh, man it just like just you know makes you make this face Ugh, you know yeah. that kind of stuff to make if it's grimy or if it's like really atmospheric or i'll listen to some metal um i listen to the attack on titan theme every morning walking into work the rumbling uh theme like every morning walking into work so it's like um i i had to be because i was writing for so long and even getting people to read the scripts was like a battle like the, even that was like twisted arms oh yeah i had to become good at self-motivation essentially mm -hmm. and so I, my goal is to put any information in i can i can use it constructively to to put out good stories right on. and stokes i i got a i got a question for you mm -hmm. so let's say that you are offered a booth at the Forbidden Restaurant. This is a restaurant where you can order absolutely anything. Okay. And no one will ever know. Okay. <laughs> what weird ass thing you have ordered. All right. So you get your seat. Mm hmm. The waiter's waiting for you. Okay. What What is the weirdest ass thing you can think? I kind of want to try this. Man, y'all got to ask these questions ahead of time. Because <laughs> I, 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 I pride myself being able to roll with the punches and then. <laughs> I get asked something like this, and I'm like, okay, now I need to, you know, turn to the thinker for <laughs> five minutes. Um, is there a food that I really, really like? Man, I, I, I have pretty. I'm thinking, and this is like, there's no budget, so whatever yeah. weird thing you think they can do. Man, I, I hate that I don't. I hate that I don't have an answer for you. Um, you know, I saw somebody making a uh, spaghetti sandwich. Um, <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll say that. I, I'll say that. I did. I have done that before. So I'll, I'll say a spaghetti sandwich. Does it depend on the bread? 
Like, if you had your druthers, what bread would you have your spaghetti sandwich on? Wheat. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't have, I wish I had a great answer for you. Like, I well, really, no, now we're going to workshop this. Okay. What kind of noodles? What kind of noodles? Is it just like regular spaghetti noodles? Spaghetti noodles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, like, yeah. what, just so then pasta sauce. You have anything in it, or is it just like standard just nuclear spaghetti? It's not, <laughs> it's not a wheat bread, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wish I had something. <laughs> I hate getting stomped, man. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that feeling of not like having an answer. But <laughs> well, you know, that's why I like the the weird question that breaks uh -huh. everything up. Okay. Okay. But now, okay, now we're at a good part. This All is. Right. The five questions we ask every guest are right. based off of James Lipton's Inside the Actors Studio. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So if, <laughs> I if, uh, like whenever I think of James Lipton, I think of Will Ferrell doing James Lipton. Oh, is that what I said now? Yep. Bit before my time, man. See, why you guys say stuff like that? Maybe if you so old. I, I don't want to age you. But I'm also <laughs> mad you for asking that damn food question. So, <laughs> so you know. You know, fair enough. Yeah. But number one, mm -hmm. what is your favorite comic book sound effect? This can be like just one that you've read that you dig, or like one that you like to include in your work. Okay. Um. Well, you know what? The funny is the case you want doesn't have onomatopoeias, which was kind of a conscious choice, but kind of something I forgot about as well. Um. This issue two has a, a sploosh, um, <laughs> which is one of my I'll say my favorite right now. I'll say splooch. All right. It is just two O's, or do you want to have like a bunch of weird O's? Like three or four O's. I think you gotta like oh, add yeah. it, make it more comic booky. Plus, just reading it out loud, yet splooch. Sploosh. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And number two, what is something you love about sequential art? <laughs> um. <laughs> The sequential part, I would, think, <laughs> I would think, you know, like the one page after the other. Like, that's my favorite. <laughs> well, like, if you had to pick something in comic books that you were like, this is it. This is the thing I like the most. If oh, you ask me to pick one thing I like about comics, yeah. I, oh, I just, I'm just going to pick dialogue every time. That 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 is just true. Okay. Like, it's just the thing I look for for anything, you know, and even comic book without dialogue. All right. What's the visual storytelling element that accompanies it? You know? Yeah. yeah. And what's the best piece of dialogue that you've read in a comic book? Damn it. I really wish you would get me this before because. Um, and even it. if you can't remember specifically. If you can remember, like what the, the what the book was or what the context was. Oh, okay. Scott, you are the salt of the earth, and then he says, "Oh, thanks." And then she says, "You're the you're the scum of the earth." From Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> That's the one that comes to mind because I think it was from the first issue. But Scott Pilgrim has a lot of great a lot of great lines. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like if I had to pick one comic book, um, that would be it. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie, and I don't even know if you would call that an American comic book, because um, I believe it's Canadian. Which one aspect? And it's not really like it doesn't have issues so much as like almost volumes, but it's all yeah, yeah. one story. So it's like it's di it is different, but yeah, Scott Pilgrim is definitely my is my favorite comic book. 
And a little bit of a, another sub question. What do you think about the movie? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Somebody asked me that. They were like, what do you like better? The movie or the but I'm like, I, I I would never answer that because they're both great. You know, they both yeah. work on their own. Somebody said that Scott Program has transmedia something or other. But it's even the video game is good. It's like, yeah, it's just like different ways of telling the same story, essentially, but it, it all works. Yep. Oh, totally agree. So number three, what is something you dislike about comic books? Um, something I dislike about comic books, and this might be because I'm on Twitter, and Twitter is like the worst place in the world for discourse. Mm-hmm. But um, with with without getting too far into like the the, I'm gonna bring up social commentary, like politics, as far as like writing and in putting politics in the stories. Yeah. Um, it's like somebody will make a point that like, oh, this element of story was pandering it wasn't done well it wasn't executed well and then somebody will then say oh but this thing was always political and it's like okay granted it's like we're, we're kind of having like we're running in a circle you know and i wish we could i wish we could have real conversations uh about certain elements in in, in comic books so i'll keep i'll keep it vague but that that is essentially i wish the discourse was better about social commentary and world war issues real, yeah. real world issues yeah, absolutely. Uh, number four, just to kind of light things up a little bit. What is your favorite mm-hmm. swear word that's not a swear word? I think Jesus, right? Like Jesus, like that. Like that's not a swear word, but the way you use it, like Jesus Christ, like I would imagine. <laughs> I would think. What's a perfect scenario to use that? Like you're carrying your comic books into a con and then the bottom of the box falls out. You're like, geez. Oh, so disgustedly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Stokes, I got some bad news. What? You ordered your spaghetti sandwich. Mm-hmm. But the problem is the bread was too dry. And okay. you accidentally took a giant bite and you choked and you died in the forbidden restaurant. Okay. So now you're dead, but... You journey on to what we perceive as heaven. Okay. And while you're tooling around the heaven, you see uh, this little guy sitting at a drafting table. Mm-hmm. He's got short hair, uh, and he's smoking on a cigar and drawing. Hunter S. Thompson? Uh, Jacob Kurtz, Kurtzberg, a.k.a. Jack Kirby, the father, grandfather of modern American comics. Cool. What do you think, or what do you hope he says to you? I hated the Eternals because <laughs> I, I hated the Eternals personally. That's what I would hope. Like, oh man, that, that movie sucked. Like, that's what I hope. <laughs> like, you didn't sit through that whole thing, did you? Yeah. No. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm uh, glad not to see that. <laughs> that's what I hope he would say. You know what? That's a great answer. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad I can get. I can get one in. Well, Stokes, dude, thanks so much for joining me. Where can folks find you on uh, the socials? It's at, at Stokes to Writer on Twitter. Instagram is Instagram.com forward slash Decay Comic. Um, and um, also, I have a Kickstarter running um, um, Tuesday, 8 p.m. Right now, it's Friday night. So not probably like not soon after this releases, um, if anything. Right on. Well, thanks again for joining me. I appreciate it. Absolutely.
This has been a Comic Book Yeti production. You can find new episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and anywhere podcasts stream. For more information on the Comic Book Yeti, please visit comicbookyeti.com. And for more of Grant, visit grantstoy.com or on Twitter at Grant and Stuff.